Well, praise the Lord and welcome to our Romans Bible study this morning. It is a beautiful Thursday morning here in Queen City, Texas, right here in my office. I'm Pastor Curtis Hutchinson, pastor of Crossway Church. Glad you could be with us live today. <clears throat> if not, whenever you're watching this, we just praise God for you for finding us on the YouTube channel, Curtis Hutchinson 316, the, the Facebook page, Pastor Curtis, or the website, thecrosswaychurch.com, or the Spreaker app on your smartphone, which my channel is for those who have ears to hear, or on your Roku, you can type in the channel uh, sermon.net and type in Crossway Church. There you can listen live or see the archives for up to about a year. And so we're just so thankful to be here this morning sharing God's Word with you. Not this weekend, but next weekend on September the 8th, I'll be with Pastor Wayne Voss and that wonderful cross-eyed congregation there in Greenwood, Mississippi. I always love going there because I know that they are a very determined people. They're a bunch of Bereans who get in the Word and check things out for themselves, and I praise God for Pastor Wayne and the wonderful family of God there in Greenwood, Mississippi. And uh, we, we're just excited about the camp meeting here at Crossway Church coming up in October the 24th through the 27th, the Determined Camp Meeting. This year's theme is All In. 13 ministers coming in from all over the country. It will start Thursday night, all day Friday, all day Saturday, and ending Sunday morning. Uh, email me at curtishutchinson at att.net if you're interested in hotels or anything of that nature. I'll tell you where we are, how to get here, and the hotels that are available. And uh, we're just praising God for what he's doing here at Crossway Church and through these other churches who've stepped into that place like the Apostle Paul. Uh, no more compromise, no more wasted time, only redeeming the time with the wisdom of God and the power of God. God in his word tells us that's through the preaching of the cross. Hallelujah. Well, today we are here on August the 29th in part five of our Romans Bible study, and we're in chapter eight. And this morning, <clears throat> I pray you'd get your Bibles and, 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 and get ready to jump in with us. I always put these CD series out here. Uh, I know they're almost a thing of the past, but I did just mail some last week. People still do, uh, still do request them for those that don't know or don't want to go out on the YouTube channel where they can hear just about everything we do free. Uh, but we still make them. They're $25 each. If you get any three of them, uh, that's $60. So it's a, it's a discount. So all that money does is help us do what we do here. And I'm, I'm thankful for that. So here we see in Romans chapter 8, and the key scripture, the point of reference today will be verse 3. But because we're so close to the beginning, let's just back up and start in verse 1 and read our way into where we're going today, which is verse 3. Verse 1 says, There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. Paul says that because he's just been in the dilemma of his Christian life. Who's going to save me from this body of death? This body of sin, I want to live for God, but I can't. Everything I know I should be doing, I can't. And everything I know I shouldn't be doing, I'm doing. How, who's going to deliver me from this body of this body of death? You look back in verse uh, 25 of chapter 7, 
and uh, not 25, but 24, O wretched man that I am. And I know that every Christian who is li a living Christian, living for God, is going to have that moment. O wretched man that I am, who's going to deliver me from the body of this death? And then Paul says, I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then with the mind, I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh, the law of sin. He's in this dilemma. He doesn't change chapters. He doesn't go from chapter 7 to verse 8. He just moves. It's the same letter he's written to the Roman church. He just keeps going, and he says, that because of that, because I know it's through Jesus Christ our Lord, hallelujah, that with the mind, the, the new mind God's written his law in now for me, the new heart he's given me, that I can serve God. But if I try to serve him with the flesh, he says what? If I serve God with the flesh, it's with the flesh I'm trying to serve God. The law of the sin nature. The law of sin. That's why God's not waiting on you to get strong to serve him. God takes your weakness and makes his strength perfect in your weakness. That's called grace, my friend. <clears throat> and you're going to struggle in your Christian life the rest of your Christian life. Sin, if you learn the truth of the cross as it as it relates to your daily living in victory, you're not ever going to be dominated by sin again as long as you know that truth and walk in that truth and share that truth. Hallelujah. As long as you know that truth, you believe that truth, and you walk in that truth, and you share that truth, you'll never be dominated by sin again. Doesn't mean there won't be a continual striving between the flesh and the spirit. Galatians 5 says it will never stop. It will always be there, but Paul realizes that finally and says, thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Hallelujah. There is therefore now no condemnation for this predicament I'm in because I'm in Christ. Hallelujah. But it's for those, the experience, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a given, it's your position in Christ at the right hand of the Father in Christ. You are justified as you will ever be if you're saved. You don't grow in your justification. You need to know that. People who live in fear, well, am I really saved? Well, did you believe upon Christ and what he did about your sin problem? Then you're saved if you believed upon him for that. He changed your life. He gave you a new heart, a new mind, the mind of Christ. And let me tell you something, folks. Don't If you're struggling with your justification, you'll never live for God victoriously. You got to get that part right first. I'm just in the eyes of God, not because of what I did, but because of what He did for me through Christ, because He loved me. Hallelujah! The work of Christ. If you mess up justification, you'll never get sanctification right. And you are just in the eyes of God, at the right hand of God in Christ. But your experience is an entirely different thing. That's right. You and I, and we read the New Testament, we can be caught in all kind of situations. We can even forfeit that which we have, the Bible says. We can, uh, we're told to wake up. We're told to stop lying. We're told, listen, if, if the Holy Spirit just did what he wanted to, we wouldn't have to be told not to grieve him. Come on, see, it's very simple, folks. You and I have to fight the good fight of faith. We have to keep our faith in Christ and what he did at Calvary if we're going to experience this place of victory. No, you'll not ever be perfect until you see Christ, that is. But you will always live in a place, even though the spirit and the flesh are striving against each other, at the end of the day, sin will not have dominated you because you're under grace and not law. And you have kept your faith in the cross 
and you didn't go back and live as though you were under law. We've all done it. We've all done it. Ones who say they hadn't done it, they're lying. We've all done it because it, it, it's just what Christians do. We, we were born and raised under law, so we think you know that we can do something to make something right if we did something wrong. Listen, you don't make wrongs right. Jesus made all wrongs right at Calvary, and our faith in what he did is what makes all wrongs right. It's not that you don't need to apologize for, to somebody when you did something to them, not saying that. Those things you need to make right, I'm talking about sin and guilt and shame and fear and all that. You can't do a big piece of stupid on Friday and fix it on Monday. Jesus, when you're operating in that, you think you're the one covering for your sin. You can't pay for your sin. You can't cover your sin. Matter of fact, the Bible says in Proverbs 28, 13, he that covers his sin shall not prosper, but he that confesses and forsakes his sin shall have the mercy of God. Well, anybody can confess their sin, but who forsakes their sin? Only those that come to Christ through faith in his work at Calvary will find the power of the Holy Spirit to forsake that sin. I speak from experience. My little hometown, I'd say, maybe not now after being gone 25, 30 years, but when I was there, when I first left, and I went back just a few years later after being gone, then people saw me and said, my Lord, what happened to I remember there was a, a, a principal of a school over here where I live now in Queen City who came from the little town of Decab I came from. And when we tried to get in the school there to have a prayer time and Bible study a few minutes before school every morning, that principal saw me and looked at the guys with and said, can I see you in my office? And she called him in there and left me out there and I went to school with her. I'm like, well, she knows me. She don't know him. But the deal was she knew me from back in those days. And he assured her, Curtis has got it. He's, got, he's been changed. He is not the same person you used to know. So they let us in. So there's a life change, and it is seen. It's a life change, yes. It, and they had to see it. Guess what? They did see it. Hallelujah. There was fruit in those mornings before school started in the prayer group and in teaching of the Word. Hallelujah. That's right. When there's a change in your life, if you'll live in that change, there's going to be changes in other people's life. Praise God. But if we'll walk after the Spirit, not after the flesh, we won't live in an experience of condemnation. In, in God's eyes, there's no condemnation upon us because we're in Christ. But we can live as though here, as though we're under some law, the laws, the don'ts, and the do's, and the, uh, this scheme, the purpose-driven life, and this book, your best life now, and, and all these things that come into the church, and we highlight things in the books, well, I'm going to do these things today, or we're reading the horoscope, and you know, I'm going to look for this today, and you know, or it, listen, it don't even have to be those things. We can make anything a law, anything a law. Watch this now. Verse 2, for the law of the spirit of life. And, and here again in verse 2, we see the first word for. And it means something now is being assigned to what I just said with intensity. Get that. Write that down. That is so good. When you see the word for, F-O-R, at the beginning of a Bible verse, it means that there is about to be a greater assignment of meaning to what was just spoken with a greater intensity, with greater understanding. So there is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. 
because the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. Every, every person on the planet is born under the law of sin and death. Even though you may not be a Jewish person, you may not be a Jew raised up under the law, the Torah, and having to go through all those rituals and rites. But even us Gentiles were born under the law. And I'll show it to you. Let's turn back to Romans chapter 2. Let me pull it up here. Romans 2 and 14 and 15. I want you to see this today. Paul says, talking about you and me, Gentiles. For when the Gentiles, which have not the law, do by nature the things contained in the law, these having not the law, are a law unto themselves. Watch which show the work of the law. We might not have been Jews born under the law of Moses and the rites and rituals and ceremonies of Israel, but watch, we Gentiles show the work of the law written in our hearts. It's there. You're under it. You're born under it. By their conscience, our conscience also bearing witness and our thoughts the meanwhile accusing or excusing one another. See, that's what happens when you're under law. You're either excusing sin or you're accusing others of sin. You're either accusing and condemning yourself of sin or you're excusing yourself in sin. That's what happens under law because the law says do this. Then the law says, but you can't. And then the law says, now you're condemned. Remember 2 Corinthians 3, chapter 3, read that chapter. It tells you the law was a ministry of condemnation and a ministry of death because there's no life given by the law. That's why the sacrificial system had to be in place as the law was given to Moses. There had to become a sacrificial system to, to allow the people to prove their faith was in the promise of a coming Redeemer by offering the blood of the animals, which was temporary at the time. Because without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sins, and we are guilty of not keeping the law, which makes us sinners. And we became sinners when Adam didn't keep the first law he was given. And it was law. You are free, Adam, to eat of all the trees in the garden, but don't eat off the knowledge of the tree, uh, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. In the day you eat of that tree, you shall surely die. That's law. You're free, but don't eat off that tree. In the day you eat of that tree, you shall surely die. That's law. You can drive 55, but don't drive over 55. If you drive over 55, when you drive over 55, I'm going to give you a ticket. The law It's law. Think about this. All God's words are law. He doesn't give options. He lays out the law. Those that heed his words, obey his law, his words, they walk in the blessings. Those that don't hearken to his voice, they refuse to obey him, they walk under the curse. Well, there's only been one that's fully obeyed God completely without flaw, without sin, and that's the Son of God. He sent Jesus Christ. That's why he, 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 when we place our faith in Christ, we're seen by God now as being obedient. Not when we went and did something, but when we believed in the one that God calls obedient. Hallelujah, you need to know that. So he, he, he says that 
we were all under the law. You all right with that? Because you were born under the law even though you're not a Jew. And you proved it that the law was written in your heart by the way you accused and excused people. good example is you're, you're committing a sin, but it's benefiting me in the flesh. So I'm going to just excuse what you're doing. But the moment that stops benefiting me in the flesh, I'm going to go to the law and I'm going to accuse you. Even the drug addicts out there, the, the, you know, the, the, the people who are running around robbing houses, they're excusing their sin for whatever reason they're giving. But when they go home and their house has been robbed, they call the law. Now they want to accuse somebody. See, all that goes on under the law. Under grace, I realize I've been forgiven. I've been washed clean by the blood of Jesus. I'm no longer going around condemning others because of sin. I'm offering them the truth, which is the way out of sin, being Jesus Christ and his great atoning sacrifice. Hallelujah, the love of God there. And I'm also not excusing sin. Amen. That's why we have to warn against those things that are false in the pulpit. These liars and schemers who creep in among us unaware, saying the same thing, but meaning something altogether different. We must warn against them. We must point them out. We must, because we're not excusing, we're not accusing, we're no longer excusing sin. Although we're not condemning people of sin either, we're just pointing out now what God's Word says, righteous judgment that's called. So watch this. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. Very kindergarten. Where were we made free from the law of sin and death? At the cross. Proving the law of the Spirit of life only functions in Christ Jesus. The Holy Spirit's the one telling you the gospel so he could immerse you into the death of Jesus when you believed in that good news of Jesus dying for your sins. The Holy Spirit's the one pointing you to Christ so when you believe he can immerse you into the death of Christ, the body of Christ, Romans 6, 3, because that's the only place he works. It's a law. They say you can't put God in a box. Absolutely right. But God has chosen to work in an exclusive place. Jesus said the way be so narrow, there'll be few that find it. There'll be few that accept it. They just won't want it. The Broadway, well, it looks right because everybody's doing it. I remember when I was a little fella, small, my mama was washing dishes, and I had been doing something I shouldn't do at school with other people, and I told her when she was scolding me for it, I said, Mama, everybody's doing it. I'll never forget. She stopped washing dishes and looked down at me and she said, Curtis, is that what you're going to tell the Lord on Judgment Day? That everybody's doing it? You know, that's not going to fly there. They were all doing it, Lord. Well, nobody's getting away with anything. You better know that. The, the way that seems it's broad and everybody's on it, it ain't the right way. The narrow way is the way that very few won't, they don't want it. Even most in the church today have stepped back onto the broad path because they don't like being talked about, persecuted, criticized. They don't like being pushed aside for this cross message. Let me tell you something. If you don't take up your cross, meaning faith in the cross of Christ, you can't be his disciple. The reason, and I know you're listening to me today, 
The reason you're right where you have been for the last 20 years doing the same thing you've been doing and there's been no growth, there's been no maturity, you're still listening to the same mess on the radio and TV you've been listening to for 20 years. There's been no conviction. There's been no change. But now God's offering you an opportunity to step in back into the truth, back into a place where the Word of God becomes alive in your heart again. The moving and operation of the Holy Spirit becomes alive in your heart again. And you're not living off some testimony 40 years ago. God wants to give you a new testimony. He's offering you the truth of Jesus Christ and Him crucified so He can make the Scriptures come alive to you. And they can literally once again become the lamp to your feet and the light to your path and you no longer just have to quote that scripture and think something's going to happen. No, God's offering you through this broadcast that which can change your life, every aspect of your life, making all things different and showing his favor on your behalf. But you got to hear it, you got to want it, you got to believe it. The truth of the cross for your everyday living. The Bible here says then, in verse 3, that first word being for again. Okay, so there's therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh but after the Spirit. For, because, why you ask? Because the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. How'd that happen? I'm glad you asked. Here comes the assignment of reasoning to that question. You're, well, how'd that happen? With intensity. Uh, see, when we're learning the Word of God, the light gets brighter. And that's what I mean. When, when, when he's going through Romans 7 here, and many times you see an intensity, the light getting brighter, if you'll see it. If you will, listen, if you will stop listening to those ministers that don't know this, you can't grow if they don't know and you're sitting under them. You can't value the relationships with people in that church or in greater than your growth in Christ. And if you're honest with yourself, you know you hadn't been growing. Some of you, some of you have. Some of you listen to me. You have not grown. You're just going through the motions. You don't have to keep doing that. You can have conviction. It's the Holy Spirit convicting you right now. Don't get mad at the preacher. Don't know. Don't turn it off. That's the Holy Spirit trying to entice you, woo you, into a place again where he works because he only works in the truth. Psalms 33, 4. For the word of the Lord is right and all his works are done in truth. Just like Romans 8, 2. The law, the spirit of life in Christ Jesus who is the truth. But if it's not a liberating truth, then something's missing. We're seeing it wrong. Amen. Verse 3. For what the law, because... Here, I'm going to ask you a question. Why you ask? How, how did the law, the spirit of life, in Christ Jesus make me free from the law of sin and death? I'm glad you asked. Here it comes with intensity. Explanation, assignment of reasoning to what I just said with intensity. For what the law could not do. And remember, we're born under it trying to do good, hoping, hoping that we'll do good enough to please God. Oh, hoping we can, our good will outweigh our bad and we'll make it to heaven. Not going to happen. 
for what the law couldn't do. Remember, you and I are born under law. The law, if we do right, we'll get good. If we do enough right, we can go to heaven. Oh, it's all a lie. Jesus, the only one who's ever done good in the eyes of God. And unless we're in him, we're not going. Unless we're in him, listen, and walking in him, which means after the Spirit, those two are the same, one of the same thing, then we can't bear his fruits of righteousness, which is the only good fruit God sees. Don't ever forget this. The fruit of the Holy Spirit and the fruits of righteousness are one and the same because he's the one doing it. Glory to God. For what the law could not do. Why don't you just say that this morning? The law couldn't do it. The law still can't do it. The law of Moses. See, the difference between the law spoken of here is me doing something. There's a, The difference between grace and law is Jesus tasted death by the grace of God. Hebrews 2, 9. Can't hardly teach or preach without saying that. Because it's the only avenue of grace, Galatians 2, 21. Grace only comes through the death of Jesus and my faith in that. Law, on the other hand, is what most of the false teachers, preachers, prophets are saying today, if I'll just do these three things, if I'll just do this for 40 days, if I'll just fast for 21 days, if I'll just do this, if I'll just do that, it's not in my doing. It's in my faith in what's already been done. Don't miss this. Yes, there are many works for us to walk in. Ephesians 2.10, though, tells us all those works are in Christ. I can't work my way into Christ. I can work by being led of the Holy Spirit after I'm in Christ. And even after I'm in Christ doesn't necessarily mean the works I'm involved in are of God. Look at the church in Sardis in Revelation 3, 1 through uh, 6. Jesus writes a letter through John the Apostle to that church and says, you got a name that you're alive. That means the works were many. But Jesus tells them you're dead. He writes a, a letter uh, also to the uh, church in Laodicea, and he tells them, man, you think you're rich and you have need of nothing, but I see you as blind, wretched, and naked. That, that's scary. It's because they've forsaken this truth that saved them. Listen, we've all done it. God forbid after hearing these teachings, you keep doing it. That's willful ignorance. That's willful rebellion. Think about the people of Israel. It's been the case since time began. Even the nation of Israel, God brought them out of Egypt by the blood on the doorpost, not all the miracles. Now we want to focus on miracles. God brought them out by the blood they put on the doorpost at his command, by the way, because it had always been about the blood, the sacrifice, the coming redeemer. Fifty days later, they were building a golden calf. All these schemes, the purpose driven, the word of faith, the government of 12, the 21-day fast, the 40 days of purpose. Listen, we put our faith in those things. Those things become golden calves. We're living in a time right now prophetic of when Moses come down that mountain and the golden calf was built and he walks up and says, who's on the Lord's side? Do you know who come out from among them? The Levites. The word, the name Levi means joined. 
joined. And, and the Levites, because they came out and joined themselves with Moses, with the Lord. Because Moses didn't say who's on my side. He says who's on the Lord's side. Whoever's on the Lord's side, you got to come out from these golden calves today. And that's what they are. That's what they are. They're golden calves. All these scheme, these books with these catchy pictures and catchy phrases, they're real pretty. They, 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 they appease our flesh. And then what we read in them, they make it sound like we can do this. We can't do it. He's already done it. Our faith has to remain in that. Not that and. That alone is the only object of faith God has ever given. He laid that foundation in the blood before the foundation of the world. You need to know that. And he's not looking for your faith in anything else. And when you put it there, you're walking after the flesh as though you're living under law again. Think about that. But if you'll walk after the Spirit, hallelujah, because what the law could not do, back in verse 3, in that it was weak through the flesh, because our flesh couldn't obey it. Look what God did. God sending His own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh, and for sin, condemned sin, in the flesh. That means what Jesus did at Calvary condemned all the sin in our lives. He condemned sin in his body through his death. You understand that? When Jesus died at Calvary's cross, he atoned for every sin. That's the reason he could be raised from the dead the third day. Because he did the work, finished the work that had to be done to allow everything that was dead to live again, him being the firstborn from the dead, that he might lead many children of God to glory. Think about that. That's powerful, isn't it? The law couldn't do it. Not just the law of the Ten Commandments, but that law you and I have made up. If I'll just sit here and, and listen to this song for long enough, I'll, I'll this, 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 uh, sin, this, this uh, temptation will pass. If I'll just walk around the house three times and, and meditate on something. No, listen, you may think that seemed to work, but that right there is going to fail you because it's what you're doing. The only thing that doesn't fail is love. And that love, 1 John 4, 9 and 10, was manifest at the cross of Christ. You and I are no longer under the law if you're born again. You and I are no longer condemned in the sight of God because we've believed upon the name of Jesus, what he did at Calvary. You and I now can live in victory according to the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus and the Holy Spirit, Galatians 5, 18, those that are led of the Spirit are not under the law. That means He won't lead you anywhere, but He will always point you back to where grace flows from so that you can have that grace, that strength of God made perfect in your weakness, in your time of need, and you can live in victory and sin will not dominate your life any longer. Listen to me. I know you're hearing me. You've been dominated by sin almost all your life even as a minister. Nobody knows about it but you and God. That thing no longer has to dominate you. 
if you'll just live in the faith. I didn't say the church. I didn't even say the word. I said the faith. And I understand faith comes by hearing the word. If it's the word that James wrote about, the perfect law of liberty, God's word in the context of what Christ did at Calvary, then, my friend, you'll be living through faith in the victory of Christ. And that victory will become yours. I know you've been blessed by this broadcast. Bless us now by praying for us and texting your giving to 903-231-5950 or give on the website at thecrosswaychurch.com. I'll see you in the morning, Friday mornings at 9 a.m. Central Time as we continue our study in the great book of Jude, which is very relevant for our day and time. God bless you. We love you. I'll see you next time. And until then, stay determined to know absolutely nothing but Christ and Him crucified. See you then.